All right, everybody. Welcome. I'm Tyrell Ventura, and joining me as always is the one and only Governor Jesse the Body Ventura. Jesse, how are we doing tonight? Good, and I guess the first thing we talk about is the horrible weather across the United States. <laughs> I know, I know. I even had a I even had a friend in Texas tell me that they had uh, what was the tornadoes down there recently. New Orleans just got hit with a tornado. Oh. Oh, yeah, I saw it on the Weather Channel and all that stuff today. I mean, literally almost the entire country right now is experiencing some type of at least somewhat unpleasant weather. Mm. Mm. I don't think there's anywhere that's sunny and nice, at least here on the mainland. You know, I, I, I'm keeping up on the weather. I, I, you do that when you're retired. <laughs> you know, you keep up on the weather. But, uh, no, the weather across the U.S. today, it's just one of them days that it's no matter where you're at. I mean, New Orleans is good. You know, it's weird to me today. Every, you know, being from the north, you always want to live down in the south in the winter, right? Mm, yeah. You know, to get out of the cold winter of the north. Yeah. And... I don't know so much anymore if I want to do that because in the winter now, mm-hmm. other than the cold up here and blizzards and all that, the South is really getting lousy weather. Mm, it is. It I mean, across is. the entire Southern United States, if it's not drought, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's, uh, tor- now who tornadoes yeah. <laughs> at Christmas time? Right, I've never heard of tornadoes at Christmas time. I mean, maybe I'm just not thinking clearly. Yeah, maybe I haven't uh, paid attention myself or paid attention to it. But I mean, New Orleans gets hit today with a huge tornado, and th- those areas down there that you'd think would be oh nice in the winter, New or-, or you know Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, and Arkansas in the South down there, their weather is horrifying. It's it's worse <laughs> than anything we get up in Minnesota. Because the thing so about true. Minnesota is it's going to get cold and you're going to get snow, yeah. but that ain't nothing unusual. We're used to it. Oh, yeah. No, without a doubt. I mean, we without got trucks. Doubt. We live in it. And, you know, this is the tundra. Mm-hmm. You're used to living in the snow in the winter. And yeah. it's just a matter how much you get. I mean, certainly if you got 25 feet or something, that could prove to be real troublesome. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for the most part, but down south... They're getting hit with stuff, and a lot of it, then they get hit with snow on top of it mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. freezing temperatures. I don't think I'd want to buy a place and move down south now. I, how could I? Yeah, like it doesn't have that same appeal if you can't get if you can't get the good weather. Well, and, you know, like, of course, F- Florida, but they just got jacked hard with the hurricane. I mean, that's like, a, a, and, and they're they're constantly being hit. You can come bank on one, you know, a destructive one, at least a couple of year, every year. Like even L.A., Dad, I, I was reading the other day that L.A. is going to have like 40 degree nights, which, Jesus, in L.A., that's that's nightmarish. Look at us talking about the weather, like a couple of weathermen on here. I love yeah, that. well, that's what happens when you get old. Oh, is that what you it know? is? Yeah, part of it. You know, you talk about the weather. But no, it's just, it's one of them times, man. And, uh, you know, I, I, I just guess that uh, it, it seems so extreme and weird. And so do I right away attribute it to climate change? We're sure getting, we sure get strange weather. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. seeing it really change in my lifetime. Yeah, it's extraordinary. Like I said, like I told you last week, spring and fall, I think, are only two months apiece now. Yeah. Yeah, it truly is. Yeah. You know, I think spring and fall only occupy four months out of the year. 
<laughs> Com- uh, combining them. And yeah, I think yeah. summer and winter now occupy the other eight, four mm-hmm. and four, mm-hmm. uh, for, for summer and winter, pretty much. At least that's the way it appears to me. We're losing slowly spring and fall. They're, be- they're getting shorter and shorter. That you know, is very true. God, the January 6th stuff. How Ooh, bad can uh, it get? <laughs> yeah, you were mentioning it to me earlier today about... Oh, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here going, well, now it's clear why the Republicans didn't want to investigate. <laughs> you know, thir- what is it, 36 or 37 of them were tweeting to, to the, the chief of staff, Mark Meadows, to uh, lead us to martial law, overturn the election. And here, and I won't get into all that, but here's the thing that bugs me about it. They all went forward with the feeling the election was stolen and corrupt, right? Yeah. And yet they all won. These 37 now congressmen who were urging martial law or some mechanism to keep Trump in power, most of it's based upon fraudulent election. How can they say that when they won? <laughs> if the election was fraudulent, wouldn't they have lost? Right, right. Wouldn't you get rid of people like them if you had the ability to cheat and do so? I, yeah. You know? It's logical to me. Yeah. How how can they sit and claim fraud election when they won? And 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 we got thirty seven of these people now sitting in Congress who attempted sedation. Yeah, let's not yeah. beat around the bush what it is, mm-hmm. because they just convicted those guys on it. Yeah, the the, the oath keepers and all. Yeah, that. so it is what it is, and these people were consorting with them. Right, you know these elected congressional Republicans. <laughs> And yet they ran a campaign on law and order. (laughs) I guess, you know what it is? It just came to me, Ty. I got educated tonight. Okay. With here's law. Here's what the definition is to a Republican. Law and order means go out and get street blue collar crimes. Ah, right. But don't touch white collar crimes because that's us. I mean that's the that's the U.S. as a whole. That's not even well. That's us. That's the Republicans. We are the white collar criminal. Only on January sixth, they weren't. Right. Yeah. That's that was the day that they chose to go to violence. (laughs) But normally they're the white collar criminals who they don't want prosecuted. They don't bring up anything on law and order of white collar criminals. No, God, no. Why would we do that? Do you think this bozo that did the thing with crypto, do you think he's going to get chased down by the Republicans <laughs> for a white-collar crime? You think yeah. for a moment? In, with the history of this country, we, we our government does, our Justice Department, and, even, and to a certain extent, doesn't matter who the hell's in charge, whether it's the Democrats in charge or the Republicans in charge, our Justice Department hates going after white-collar criminals. Unless, well, unless, unless it's a criminal who did a Ponzi scheme against other like successful people, maybe, yeah. You know, yeah then, exactly. then, then they'll go after well, him. You know, but like, the thing you, know. you got to remember too, though, Ty, the Justice Department should not be political. No, it shouldn't be. It should they, be. They, whether Democrat or Republican, the Justice Department should be the Department of Justice. Correct. What Correct. its name says, and yes. whomever. But you notice that. You know, when and I'm just saying in the connotation of elections. Yeah, yeah. How dare Republicans run on law and order? 
Well, they do it because they don't consider white-collar crime really crime. No. Because nobody physically gets stabbed or shot. Right, exactly. All you do is lose all your money to white-collar criminals, and I guess that's okay. <laughs> you know, fraud. Fraud. Yeah. fraud the, t- the crime of fraud, I guess, should be treated like a parking ticket. Yeah, yeah. The, the crimes of the 1%, oh, yeah. well, you know, we'll look the other way because they give us big campaign donations yes. to powerful people. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and the crime of fraud because nobody physically usually bleeds from fraud. Well, it's like, do you remember, Dad, back when they when the, the stop and frisk in, in New York was like the hot topic because, you know, yeah. New York cops were doing like the random stop and frisk. Yeah, you didn't see them doing that in Manhattan. See, if I would have been a New York cop? Mm-hmm. I would have gone right into the theater district and did it. <laughs> <laughs> right in right in midtown Manhattan, baby. No, right when the theaters let out. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then do a few stop and frisks. <laughs> you know, pat, pat them down with their mink coats on and shit before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's, before they actually head out of New York. Right. And, and let's be real, Dad. Let's be real. If you did a stop and frisk on Wall Street, you're just you're going to find just as much drugs there as you're going to find in Brooklyn or Queens or anything like that. Uh, you'll just find more sophisticated ones. Exactly. You yeah. know, that's all you'll find. That'll be the difference. But, uh, but no, I, I just get a kick out of it. Again, going back to the thing again of Republicans running on law and order. Oh, it's so you ridiculous. know, it's just laughable oh, because yeah. they, they don't deem white collar fraud crimes as necessarily crimes. No, I guess it's just business and how it's done. Yeah. yeah you exactly. know, and if you get caught doing bad business, why well, you shouldn't go to jail. You know, <laughs> you just got you just get shamed. You just get shamed. You know? Well, they view Republicans view white collar crime like the little goalie in slap shot at the start <laughs> when he's talking about penalties and what happens when you go to the box. <laughs> then you feel shame. You, no, feel shame. you can't do hooking. You can't slash him across. And, oh, no, no. You can't do that. Then you go to the box two minutes and you feel shame. You feel shame. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about the way Republicans deal with white-collar crime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Send them to the box. They'll go two minutes and feel shame and then let them back out again. Well, that's what we and that's what we saw right after what was it was a 2008 with the whole, you know, with the whole financial and, and the whole mortgage loan crisis. And all oh, that. yeah. You know, ain't nobody I mean, went to jail for that. Yeah. How is that that nobody went to jail over that stuff? You know, they're giving out predatory loans and handing out houses and doing oh. shit, getting people deep underwater. And and then and then who and then again let's go back to our friendly Republicans. Didn't they take off all the checks and balances? Oh well, that no, that was joint, man. That was a joint thing because remember that that was uh, uh, that came out. I think it was during yeah, Clinton but that Glass Spiegel or whatever. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Talk about yep, Glass Spiegel. Yeah, yeah, whatever yep. it is. Uh, you know, all that check and balance stuff. That that was where they truly showed us how wonderful capitalism can be with no restraints. <laughs> you know, just turn loose some pure capitalism. Pure capitalism, and see you know, and, and watch how it works. Look at these honest people out you'll there. You'll get the just... yeah, and you'll get the trickle down effect. All the criminals stealing at the top will make sure it trickles down to you. <laughs> <laughs> eventually, it'll get to you. Eventually, eventually, you know, it'll get to you. 
But uh, no, I mean, uh, we're having fun talking about that. But uh, it's fun just to look back in history and watch how things went and what they said then and how they apply today. Right. You you can look at them in the rearview mirror and say, how'd that one work out? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the abolishing of the gutting of Glass-Steagall. Yeah, that worked out good. Yeah, that worked out. That was a good idea, whoever came up with that one. Well, and then the other thing that I found unique today. Hmm. Is they passed the uh, the, uh, the gay marriage now, so our country's on its way to hell, you know, because gay people can now get married oh legally. Oh, my God. You know, and all that. But you know what I found real interesting that came to light that I didn't know about? Hmm. In 1996, they did the Prote- Marriage Protection Act. Ah, right. Where they, the federal government explicitly said marriage is between a man and a woman. <laughs> now that law is now gone. But what was interesting, Joe Biden voted for that law. Ooh, that is interesting. That is but interesting. on the good side, it shows he's progressed. Right. It, He's learned and opened his mind up. <laughs> Just you took know, about 30 bit. years. Yeah, it took about 30 years. Well, but at least it <laughs> happened. Yeah. And, yeah he no. was, and, and it happened when he was running the country where he could have vetoed it. He could have. Yeah, very true. But he didn't. He, 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 in fact, had a big ceremony celebrating it. Yeah, there you go. Imagine now from 96, gays shouldn't have been marrying to today. <laughs> Where it's okay. No, yeah. And my personal opinion is very simple. Why the hell is it the government's business in the first place? Mm, great point. Other than for taxation. Right, right, right. Now gays will get a break on their taxes in some ways because they can claim they're a married couple. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they can get benefits now, which I got for them in Minnesota, and they were bargained back immediately by the Democrats. That's true. Bargaining yeah. chip. You back fought to the for Republicans. that. Yeah, I fought, fought for that it. for four years and got it. Two years later, it was gone. Ugh, you know, and, but anyway, that aside. But now here's the downside for gay people, because with everything, Ty, I've taught you this through life. Mm-hmm. For everything that's good, there's an underbelly. Uh-oh, what is the underbelly? Well, you know what it is. It's as clear as the writing on your face. What is that? Lawyers are going to rejoice because now gays have to get divorced. Ooh, yeah, big boon. And it'll be legal. Oh, boy. So they're going to have to go to court. Uh Uh-oh. And that means lawyers are going to make tons of money more. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Who's the real benefactor when you look at a divorce? The lawyers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They make money both sides. Sure. So, you know, having the marriage element and getting legally married, well, then when you want to get legally unmarried, generally speaking, it requires lawyers, courtrooms, and spending Mm -hmm. a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless you can depart amicably, but generally that's not the case because then why would you be parting in the first place? Very true. Very true. Very, very true. So you can't really say it's amicable. Well, you know, that might be staying together. That, that, you know, that, that might play into it. You see a lot of the, you know, millennials, Gen Z are, are avoiding marriage. You know, they're, they're kind of doing like, remember what Tim Robbins and Susan Sarandon did for years where they kind of just lived together and were basically married, but just never official. Well, what happens then though, in the government's eyes, you become married. 
Mm, is that what it Because it's, it's com, called common law. Oh, common law. Yeah, that's right. If you that's live right. together for a certain length of time, I don't know if it's that way across America mm-hmm. or whether those are state or local laws, but there are common law where if you're living together for, say, eight years, right. they, they common law, you, they figure you're married. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and well, would, but and that means you got to get divorced. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really. Well, I mean, I don't you know, know. Yeah, I'm I just think. Being, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just looking at it from a lawyer's viewpoint. You're oh, damn right it should mean. Damn right, it should be any any anything to get some money, man. <laughs> well, they got to have work. It's not money; it's their jobs. That's oh, yeah. work. Oh yeah. You know, lawyers survive because we can't get along. That's so true. <laughs> I never thought about that, but you're right. It's as simple as that, son. <laughs> Lawyers exist because we can't get along. Yeah, you know, if people figured out how to get along with each other, you wouldn't, you wouldn't need, need lawyers. no lawyers. Was, I was watching a George Carlin clip the other day, and he was talking about, you know, all the people who are who are like full of bullshit. And, and he mentioned businessmen, and he says, you want to know how businessmen are full of bullshit? Because every deal they go into their first assumption is that the other side's trying to fuck them over. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what does that say about a group of people that if their first and, assumption and, when they sit down at the table uh, is that the other side's trying to screw them over? Well, that, I experienced that when I sat down with Vince. I, I can imagine. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we point blank asked him about royalties for videotapes. And he point blank lied <laughs> and said he didn't pay them. <laughs> and we expect, you know, when you sit down and negotiate, you expect to be told the truth. That's very true. And that's how I beat him in court. Yep. It was called quantum merit. Mm. The mm. fact that when you negotiate, you fully can expect the other side is to tell you the truth. And if they lie to you during those negotiations, well, then the negotiations become fraudulent and you've been harmed. Look at this here in the governor's office. We're giving you free legal uh, definitions and you're, and, and, you're from, and you're getting it from a guy who's been to federal court multiple times. Multiple times. I, I, in fact, I think I could probably, I guarantee I could get the bar, pass the bar exam faster than Joe Pesci. <laughs> <laughs> And my cousin Vinny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it took Joe six years, remember? It took Joe six years, yeah. <laughs> to pass the bar exam. <laughs> I, I think I could do it in less having the court experience that I've had because the thing about going to court is this, mm-hmm. and this is my viewpoint of it, you have to pay attention. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because if you're not paying attention, why should the jury? Exactly. So you have to be dead on looking at every witness, dissecting every witness, mm. and don't stray around, look around the courtroom, daydream, mm-hmm. none of that crap. And I can only tell you, I think my method's good because I've never lost. Yeah, that's true, isn't it? Especially yep. in front of a jury. You've never lost a jury, have you? Never. Mm-mm. I've never lost in front of a jury, that's which insane. truly tells you, you won. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no I matter mean, what the end result is, you won. You won. Yeah. You told the truth. Yep. You know, you yep. told the truth. Speaking of Vince McMahon, did you see he was making rumblings that he wanted to uh, take back control uh, of the WWE? Maybe the whole thing's an angle to begin with. Well, it's interesting because. Um, <laughs> Remember yeah. what I said? Oh, yeah. Then? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> 
<laughs> but you know Vince's what's funny? departure could be a work. Well, what's funny, though, is the moment that those rumblings started, uh, yeah. the, the WWE stock dropped like 2 3%. The, the point I'm making is maybe that's how they test the water on the angle <laughs> to see whether part. they should follow through with it or not. Oh, God. And I, Ty, it's Vince. I know, I know. I don't put nothing, <laughs> nothing past what Vince will attempt to do in a wrestling angle. Mm-hmm. There is nothing I don't believe sacred. <laughs> and there, there, well, I do take that back. I bluffed him down. Did, uh, did you? Yeah, did you? he wouldn't. He wouldn't do the angle I wanted to do when I met with him. Oh, that's I remember that. Yeah, that was the president yep. angle. Yep. Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah. And he would, and he wouldn't go for it. So, mm. you know, whether it, maybe it was bad, this bad business, maybe for whatever reasons. Yeah. Yeah. The only part I disliked about it at the end of the day and the end of the whole thing, mm-hmm. he was very disrespectful to me in the fact that I flew out there to meet with him on my own dime and to do this. Mm-hmm. And when he turned me down, mm-hmm. he never even called to turn me down. Oh, man. Oh, He was so disrespectful that way. I lost what little respect I had left for him. I lost it on that one. Because well, I felt that as a former governor and meeting with him, that I at least deserved the respect. If he didn't want to go along with a business idea that I had, mm-hmm. that he would at least call me up and tell me so. Face to face, or not face to face, but over the phone. Right, right. And with a direct call, and then turn me down. Fine, I understand. Or, Dad, maybe business. I, I, I might have an alternate view of this. Maybe he didn't turn you down because he didn't he didn't want to say no to the angle long term you know maybe maybe vince's move was well i'm not going to do it this year but i'm going to keep it in my back pocket so i don't want to turn him down i'm just that, playing but, devil's advocate but, okay devil's advocate but why wouldn't he have called me and told me that great point great point yeah see yeah, that's the difference yep if yep. you're going to wait on it and put it in the back pocket call mm-hmm. me and say you know i don't think the timing's right right now True. Very in true. what I'm doing and what, but to me, this was a total disrespect to me as a person yep. that he wouldn't have at least taken time to give me a 30 second phone call. What was the, what was the angle for those that don't know? Well, the angle, <laughs> what did you fly to and pitch? Well, Vince? basically Vince had told me that he would be, he was with me a hundred percent on anything I wanted to do politically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I flew out there and said, Vince, I got a perfect way to run for president. I said, you're going to do a thing where, because of what I did, the WWF is going to nominate their own candidate for president. Ooh, okay. In the world of wrestling, the world wrestling, whatever they are now, E, whatever that is, which is right down his alley doing something stupid like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and here's what it would go. Vince, of course is going to be the odds-on favorite. He's going to be the candidate, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But unfortunately for Vince, I come out of retirement and go to the WWF. Basically, I don't know if I've got it all right when I did it back then because it was over 20 years ago now. Right, right. I, I would then come out of retirement and say, Vince, you ain't the man to be president. I am. Ooh, there you go. And I'm the former governor of Minnesota, so shoots a big angle, Vince and I Mm. meet in the ring. Oh, there we go. 
and the winner is the WWF nominee for president. <laughs> right? Great angle. So we do the angle, and Vince does a job. I win. Yep. And from that point on, Vince, you're out of the picture. I'll pick up the ball, and we will then come out and say this wasn't a farce. This is for real. Jesse Ventura is running for president. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. You mad? That over, oh. We could have launched it on wrestling oh. and then exploded it from there. <laughs> this would have been incredible. Oh my now, God. don't you think that I at least deserved a call back from yeah, it? Yeah, that's a hot angle, man. That would have been huge, especially during the presidential like election year and the whole well, this, thing. This, was in, this would have been uh, 04 or 08. Okay, okay. Oh, God, that would have been amazing. That would have been fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. I, well, yeah. Yeah. And the timing is great for something like that because you could do the big blow up at, at at WrestleMania, and that's March, April, and then boom, you're right there for yeah. the election season that summer. Bango. Oh. And, then, and then here was the other thing. Mm-hmm. Here was the other thing. Being that this was the other tie-in. Being that Vince is in every state in America, mm-hmm. he could have used his people to get ballot access. That's right. So that the WWE nominee would be on the ballot in every state of America. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh my God, that would have been amazing. That was the angle. And I can only assume, and I'll state this right now unequivocally, it was too big for even Vince. <laughs> even Vince didn't have the guts to pull the trigger. Vince on that. did not have the guts to attempt to pull the trigger on it. He was scared. Ooh, boy. That's that the is. only thing, assumption I can make. And that's why he never called me back. Yeah. And nothing ever became. But that was the angle that I went in and shot to him. Wow. Which to me would have been an explosion in wrestling. Oh, that would have been a great angle to pull. Oh, my God. Imagine the money, you know, and a match between to see who's the nominee. (laughs) Because I was still young enough. I could have climbed in there for 10 minutes, and Vince is older than me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you guys are fun. I mean, it wouldn't have been the greatest match in the freaking world. I can guarantee you that. It wouldn't have had to be. Well, Dad, you could have even have done the angle where you both get two young guys to do the fight for you. And then, you know what I mean? And then you guys yeah, stand out like managers. You could have did that. And, and whoever guy wins is the nominee. Yeah, and then you get all yeah, the shenanigans. Very good idea, Ty. See, you got yeah. the brain for it. Yeah. Plenty of, way, plenty of ways where there's a will, there's a way in wrestling. Yeah, because then you guys could have done all the shenanigans as managers to try to help your guy win and throughout the match. You know the, and... the sad part, Ty? Mm. If he'd have gone with it 100%, I think it could have worked. I think it would have, too. I really do. I really do, too. That's why I presented it to him. And I said, Vince, let's do an angle that'll blow up the world here. And, and bear in mind, this would have been back in the year, like, 2004. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so you're not talking about today. No, no. You know, I'd have been 20 years younger. I still weighed 250 pounds. And yeah. I could still kick Vince's ass. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, if it yeah. got down to brass. It wouldn't have, at that era, it wouldn't have been two 70-year-olds if, in the ring. If, yeah. if it would have been, and put it this way, I'd have even done a shoot with him. Say, okay, let's go for real, and we'll see who the <laughs> candidate is. <laughs> Can you imagine a shoot? Oh, God. Well, it would have bored the people to death. Right. <laughs> because... Whenever guys start shooting, it's boring. You hear the people start. I remember when I was wrestling in Salem, Oregon. Mm-hmm. 
They used to have what they, uh, Elton Owen had a thing they called the shooter trophy, <laughs> where it was a, just a symbolic thing. But two guys that go out and for one minute at the start of the match, mm-hmm. they would legitimately try to get a takedown. Oh, wow. Okay. And the boys, we and he'd pay you an extra 25 or 50 bucks mm. if you went out and did that. Mm-hmm. Well, we were such workers we would work the shoots with him just to get the money. Mm. Nobody was ended up really shooting. We're working him. Ah, I love it. Just love to get it. the money. But anyway, for a while, the shoots were legit. Mm-hmm. And I actually held the shooter trophy for a while. I oh, forget wow. who I lost it to. I don't remember. But the end of the story is this. Two real salty guys, Professor Dale Lewis who was a former NCAA wrestling champ at Oklahoma, and a guy named Rick Hunter, who was a pretty good pistol man, you know, Mm -hmm. knew his stuff. Mm -hmm. They're going to go a one minute to see who can get the takedown on each other in Salem, Oregon. Mm. So all of us come out of the dressing room and all by the dressing room doors to watch to see who wins this, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so they start going at it legitimately, you know, go into the rope. The guy'd hook the leg and block it so nothing could happen. Da da da. They're doing all this. About forty-five seconds went by of the mm-hmm. minute. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get this takedown. <laughs> Finally, a guy in the second or third row yells at the top of his lungs, "Come on, let's see some real wrestling." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he wanted to see, hit the ropes, drop down, shoulder block, arm drag, take down, and get the hold again. Right. You know, come on, let's see some real wrestling. We were all by the dressing room door laughing our guts out. Oh, that's amazing. You know, going, oh, my God, when you show them real wrestling, they're bored to death. They're bored to death. We want to see real wrestling. So I'm putting that out for all you amateurs out there. That's why we don't do your kind of wrestling, because it's boring. Oh, my God, that's funny. <laughs> well, it oh, is. Wow. Amateur is wrestling, the guys, a, a takedown's a major deal. Well, you ain't going to get people paying $10 a ticket for that. You know, they want to see a guy strut around and drop the elbow. 